Good morning. This is your host, Brad Furlan for Vermont Viewpoint here at WDEV in Waterbury, Vermont, historic Waterbury. Had a beautiful drive here this morning from St. Albans. The sun on the foliage mixed with the, the evergreens along 89 was just amazing. And then uh, Camel's Hump had this cloud cap on it. It looked like a beret. It was this white beret on Camel's Hump. I don't know if Camel's Hump is French. I don't think it is. Uh, but it was just uh, beautiful. Uh, normal morning, getting up. Uh, our, my Norwegian outcounts are, they have to go out and get, you know, exercise and go to the bathroom in the morning. And then I go out and feed the sheep. I didn't take them to pasture this morning because I was going to be gone for a lot of the day. So they're in the barn and they're not happy about that because they'd much rather be out to pasture. So we have a great show this morning. We're going to be uh, starting with uh, Taryn Noel and John Gilmore. Uh, John and Taryn are doing a uh, concert at uh, Stowe Community Church on Saturday at 7 o'clock. And uh, so we'll talk to them about that. We're going to talk to them about uh, their talents and about the arts in Vermont right now. Post-COVID, it took a while to get back on track for a lot of these artists. And now they're um, they're getting into concert halls. And we hope that you support them because they're a valuable part of the Vermont fabric. And we just uh, we love that they're here. At uh, 10 o'clock, I'll be talking with our good friend Elliot Greenblatt about AARP Fraud Watch, and it's a billion-dollar industry of uh, taking advantage of the vulnerable um, of all ages, really. Uh, Elliot will tell us more, but uh, tune in for that. And if you've got a story of fraud, um, give us a call uh, later during that segment, and it always helps to share these things. Uh, no embarrassment, just uh, let's make other people aware. At 10.30, we're going to be talking with the Franklin County Sheriff, uh, he, John Grismore. He's going to be talking to us about uh, crisis response team and universal mental health awareness. Uh, there's a lot with law enforcement, the uh, poverty and, and crime and uh, mental health issues. And uh, we'll just get a perspective on that from uh, Sheriff Grismore. So that said, I want to welcome in studio Taryn Noel. Uh, welcome this morning. Brad, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. And we we will have John Gilmore. He's calling in. He's on the road. He's he's a roadie, so he's probably got a Volkswagen bus and uh, <laughs> <laughs> goes fifty miles an hour on the interstate. Yeah. And he he probably sings, got to sings, Massachusetts. Sings all the way. Yeah, <laughs> sings all the way. Of course. Yeah. So, um, Taryn, um, we'll we'll talk more with John when he gets on on the show with us. But let's just go a little bit. Back for our listeners into your background. Um, sure. Pretty extensive. You're, you, when we talked last week, um, you, you've got so many hats of talent. <laughs> well, so many hats. <laughs> Very uh, lucky. 
you're Toronto native. Yeah, absolutely. From Canada. I lived there until I was 13 and then I came to Vermont with my family and I started eighth grade here in Stowe and did, um, graduated from high school there and was a Vermonter for a long time. And then I moved to New York in my early twenties and went to theater school and went to a great program there and got to do some regional theater and some tours and kind of got you know, got my teeth sharpened <laughs> in professional theater there. And, uh, you know, a little bit later came back to Vermont and have um, felt incredibly blessed by colleagues and artists and teachers and great mentors here in the state. And I've been able to do a lot of work in the um, teaching and performing arts here. So Toronto obviously is pretty um, big, one of Canada's largest cities, I think. Yeah, cl- very clean, very friendly. Yeah. <laughs> great dining, great arts, as uh, you know, we all know. And my sister um, lives there now. She moved back there after college, and she uh, really got interested in Second City and, like, stand-up comedy. So other than Chicago, I think Toronto also has that great, like, um, stand-up comedic scene, which is amazing, too. Yeah. I When I was in the eighth grade at Edmonds Junior High School in Burlington, yeah. we did an exchange program and I went to Toronto for like a week. Oh, awesome. And it was so fun and they were so welcoming. And of course, I fell madly in love with some eighth grade girls oh, and of course. all of that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so you came to Vermont and then uh, went to Manhattan. So Manhattan wasn't quite as onerous for maybe it would be for a Vermonter who'd never Had left. City. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I think um, I definitely will admit that uh, the day I arrived, like the week before theater school started, I wanted to immediately go back home. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at those tall buildings and whew, I don't know if I can do this, but uh, that's good. You know, fear, I think, is a great motivator sometimes and good reality check. But I'm really glad I stayed and I had an amazing education there and amazing couple of years. And now when I go back and visit, I feel like I know the city a little bit. And when I go see friends or go, she- go see shows, um, I feel like I have a, a connection to the place, which is really wonderful. And I would imagine it's rigorously competitive, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, especially um, as as we move forward in time, right? It only gets more so. And the talent is astounding, as as you know, and, and I know, too. It just And what's possible is incredible. People, people can do as dancers with their bodies and vocally and as um, quadruple threats and as you know, incredible actors. And so many people today, I think... Perhaps partially due to the pandemic, you know, really got into their own creation of art, right? Like self-producing songwriting, maybe when they weren't songwriters and um, one one person shows, you know, just really trying to put their stamp on their art and getting it out there in any way possible. And I think people do that in incredibly creative ways today, which is amazing. Yeah, I'm guessing that the uh, COVID produced some country style songs of, of right, sadness right. and of, of lament and- <laughs> And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and also celebrating that lament. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm sure that's true. You know, even like local Vermont stars that have gone to New York and made huge names for themselves not that far down the road. Um, Shana Taub is a Waitsfield young lady. She wrote an incredible show called Suffs that was at the Public Theater last year. I got to see it and, and I heard it's going to Broadway, which is incredible. So that's one of our local, you know, Vermont heroes. And she's made 
so, you know, such a huge name for herself. And it's just incredible. She's in her early 30s and really just doing everything that she ever wanted to do. And I, I knew her. She was um, someone that I worked with in theater, you know, 25 years ago, which is really incredible. Yeah, there is so much talent here. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. So when you were applying for, you know, to be in Manhattan, uh, is it a is it a rigorous application process and getting accepted? Uh, I th- I think for most theater arts programs as well, I would say like for, for vocal music and certainly for dance and for straight acting and Juilliard and AMDA and any of the conservatory and any of the conservatories, certainly, um, it's usually an audition process and then perhaps an interview and sometimes a second audition. Um, I think for any musical theater majors at any of the, you know, major universities and colleges with that as the major, that would be the same. It would be sometimes a fairly rigorous audition process, sometimes maybe a little more straightforward, but um, for mine, it was um, kind of one all in one uh, session with the Dean of the school. And um, it was great. It was really fun. And you got accepted, so that luckily, yeah, that luckily for me, you know, the training has been uh, a huge benchmark for me, and I often say that I uh, keep those mentors and teachers right on my shoulder as I'm in an acting process or a rehearsal process, and I use use my training all the time. It's invaluable. And we've talked on this show with uh, editors for books, and I think it must be the same process. This person who interviewed you has heard hundreds of people. Right. And they must know in 8.6 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You're probably right. It probably is a very quick discerning. Yeah. 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 And then when you were there, um, did you have moments with um, other students around you where you had wow moments with them and you heard things that were inspiring? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Um, Fellow classmates, other students at the school going to see a lot of work being produced in the city, both off off Broadway, off Broadway, even smaller little black box theaters. And then obviously some Broadway shows, too. The school was really amazing at setting up students with great discounts or sometimes even free tickets to things because of their resources and connections. So uh, 100 percent. Yes. Um, I got to see Paul Newman play the stage manager in our town about 20 years ago and I was in the Rush um, Theater row seats which is the front row of the Booth Theater in Manhattan and I'll never forget looking up and seeing those famous blue eyes playing that most iconic role and Our Town I will admit is one of my favorite plays uh, as I think a lot of actors probably either love it or hate it and I definitely fall into the former I, I love that play Our Town and I feel like it has so many ties to Vermont and obviously being a New Hampshire play. But yeah, so I got to see Paul Newman among other greats. And and as you said, back to your question, my classmates were incredibly inspiring and still are. I sort of follow them on social media and seeing what they're doing today. And But I'll even say, like my own students, I got to work on the choreography for a production of Peter and the Starcatcher at U32 um, High School this fall. And the show was just this past weekend. And um, it's the prequel story to Peter Pan. If you haven't seen it before, it's really an amazing play. And getting to see their their work, I wrote my friend, the director, just saying how incredibly moved I was. I mean, I laughed and I cried. And it was so inspiring to see them tackling such advanced text and just sailing through it so beautifully. It was incredibly inspiring. Well, you, um, my daughter plays clarinet at school and, uh, last night she was, um, practicing upstairs and 
it was, it sounded like a difficult piece and I could hear the progression of her getting some notes and then not getting some notes and then getting some notes and stuff. So you see the progression with, with all of your students. Absolutely. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, all the time. And I love what you said, like those light bulb moments when you see someone get something or something clicks or they understand something that they didn't maybe understand before. It's beautiful. Absolutely. We're talking now with uh, Tara Noel, who is uh, so multi-talented that I, we don't even have an hour to talk about everything she does. <laughs> and, uh, but we do have a caller on the line, um, Michelle from Plainfield. Welcome this morning to Vermont Viewpoint. Hi. I, I, ju- I was listening, and I just wanted to add that there is a wonderful recent novel by Ann Patchett that is that the play Our Town is is a feature throughout the novel and the complexities of actors doing Our Town and what it means and and it takes place in New Hampshire and northern Michigan so it feels very like a, a very parallel to Vermont and the, the novel is called Tom Lake it's supposed to be on a lake called Tom Lake oh, and it's by Ann Patchett and it's actually on some of the bestseller lists and Karen might like, I loved it. I just loved it. And so I wanted to both tell the listeners and tell you. And oh, Karen. my gosh. Thank you so much. I will look that up. I so appreciate it. Is that something uh, our our local bookstore here in Waterbury would have then? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, there's a shout oh, sure. out. Um, Bear, Pond, Bear Pond has it. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrific. Well, thank you for the call. And uh, yeah, the, the uh, Paul Newman eighth grade Toronto crush I'm hearing. <laughs> so uh, thanks for the call. So the the music and let's get back to the, the students and the teaching that you do. Sure. And later in the show, we're going to be talking with the sheriff and we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about things that are, you know, crime and, and all these things that go on. But right. you're on the other side of the rainbow here where <laughs> you get to um, occupy children's time and talents mm-hmm. and, and bring their soul up. Yeah. Um, so it gives them a real cleanly alternative. Absolutely. No, I, I love that. And, um, you know, my, my most current project that I'm working on speaks so much to what you just said. I am very blessed to serve as the director of children's ministries for the Stowe Community Church as well. And our fall um, Christmas play, we're doing a Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, we're mid-rehearsal process right now. That'll um, open the first weekend in December at the church. And um, probably for the last five years that I've been there, we've always done a Christmas play. We've done our version of A Christmas Carol. Last year, we created our own sort of spin on Twas the Night Before Christmas and um, wove in elements of the real St. Nicholas story. And this year, we're doing Charlie Brown. And um, it's just completely totally joyful and the kids are all amazing we have a really large cast we have 39 kids from ages 5 to 14 so it's a pretty good age range kindergarten through um, eighth grade and yeah i mean this the story is timeless as we all know it really is very much like the christmas special that i think many of us have grown up watching it's almost exactly by rote and the, the iconicism of those characters really comes through but, you know, I was talking to the pastor, our pastor Dan Haug, just last week about that moment at the end that kind of is the big reveal for Charlie Brown, where he 
ultimately poses the question to the universe, like, isn't someone going to tell me what the real meaning of Christmas is about? And then the Linus character goes into the Christmas story from Luke in the Bible, this beautiful, beautiful, classic um, passage of text and tells that Christmas story. And it's just, it's so moving every time. I think we've all heard it. I mean, countless times, but at seeing them in rehearsal do that last week, I was like, you guys, there is not going to be a dry eye in the house, myself included. It's just very moving. And yeah, seeing them raise themselves up with joy and bonding and camaraderie and learning, learning new skills. Um, you know, every time I get to be an actor myself, I'm always amazed at what I get to learn and absorb from my directors and from my teachers and uh, it's constant. You always are learning, but there are so many life skills woven into theater. I, I don't know if you've experienced that yourself, Brad, or with your daughter, but it's just, it's amazing. These clever little improv theater games are whoever, you know, the geniuses are that created them from up in the sky. There's, there's so many tie-ins to life and to bigger lessons and listening and learning and leaning in and um, being quick on your feet and um, working together as a team and, uh, yeah, it's amazing. There's just there's constant life skills woven into theater. Yeah, I don't know. If, I guess this would be considered theater, but years ago there was a fundraiser for the hospital in St. Albans mm-hmm. called Cardiac Capers. So every two years <laughs> they'd bring a New York director in. Wow. And I remember um, doing being part of it. And what struck me was the total chaos going into like the dress rehearsal week you just didn't possibly think it could come together <laughs> and then lo and behold the magic happened right. the director knew it would work but right. we in the wings were like oh my god oh you know right um but so you must see that too oh you're so right and that's refreshing to hear you say that even from an out-of-state you know pro coming in yeah no absolutely i think that Many productions, if not all, um, especially with educational theater, there is that moment or a series of moments where like, oh, my gosh, there's still so much to be done. We're never going to be ready on time. But as you say, there is there is a lot of magic. And I think even taking religion out of it, I think there's a lot of faith in ourselves as performers, themselves as kids, us having faith in them. And to see them start to grow faith in themselves is, you know, I can't speak enough about that. That is uh, endlessly beautiful and moving and inspiring. And you see it. It's like a little light bulb bulb that will sometimes come on where they have learned something about them. I know I said that earlier, but they'll, they learn something about themselves. That's new. They didn't realize they had that ability or that level of understanding about the play or the material or the music. And, um, that you see them literally grow. It's yeah, it's amazing. And do you try as a director to, to replicate the like the TV show that we all knew, or do you get to sort of take it to your own level? Well, uh, many people that I have gotten to work with uh, very blessedly will will say things like, "Oh, you've terrorized it," meaning I've like put my own little stamp on it. So, <laughs> in a way, I will say, um, you know, we we have a contract; we're like licensed to produce the show, so we are producing the the written material as is and. As it's scripted, it really is just like the special. The only caveat is that it's on stage as opposed to being something on film. So it's a little bit. And, of course, the film was all animated. So there are like little differences. But in terms of the storytelling, like point by point, it really is very much like the special. There is a lovely song that was added uh, later that um, 
is is included in our musical that's really really wonderful and um, but everything else like Linus and Lucy, O Tannenbaum, Christmas Time is Here, the skating music, all that wonderful, iconic Vince Guaraldi music is all over the score. It's, it's really wonderful. And you found the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Will you have? We will. Our scenic <laughs> designer is a wonderful man named John DiRienzo of Stowe, and um, he is a huge staple of the Stowe Community Church and the Stowe community at large and is a wonderful scenic artist and designer um, and uh, is is kind of our right-hand man for, for all of us working on the show, and he will, he will have a fantastic Charlie Brown tree for us. It's interesting. Charles Schultz with the, you know, with the Peanuts, column. Yeah. I read it, you know, from early age, yeah. my whole life, as many people did. And there was certainly, he would interject Bible verse into into the cartoons very subtly over yeah. the years. So he definitely had that in him. I don't know Charles Schultz's background particularly, but he mm-hmm. seems like he had that religious component. No, that's really a great point. I think I've noticed that a little bit, and obviously, certainly with the Charlie Brown special, um, including the whole passage from Luke, which is just, again, so beautiful. But you've given me a good uh, dramaturgical research point, and I will now do more um, research on the history of of you know Bible text being included in his um cartoons and columns. So thank you, Brad. I remember Linus saying in one cartoon, seek low and you shall be exalted. <laughs> and I was like, there you go. wait, what? What is this? That's great. That's <laughs> yeah, it was great. amazing. Talking this morning with uh, Tara Noel. Um, she is a uh, everything, singer and uh, director and dancer and choreographer and vocalist and probably a good cook and all of that. <laughs> Not really. <but laughs> um, so you, um, hometown now is over in Craftsbury. So my daughter and I, um, we do a leave peeping Northeast Kingdom route and uh, we go to uh, the Orchard and Cabot. Um, oh, wonderful. Which we love. And we also stop in Craftsbury and we've alternated your stores, but we get lunch there. That's S- great. Sandwiches. You got two great I stores. Know, right? There's Sea Village store and the Jenny. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You sort of do one course at one and go get the next course at the other. <laughs> it was, it was, um, both, well, we went to, we went to the bigger one this, this year and it was pretty crowded and yeah. great sandwiches. Yeah, totally. Definitely the, the Vermont feel, too. Oh, I know. I know. That whole town is just so, even the, right down to the post office, so small, so charming, kind of postmaster. It's just great. Yeah. Uh, so we, um, I know, uh, listeners, that Thanksgiving hasn't come yet, but um, <laughs> I'm going to ask Pete if he could put a little bit of uh, Taryn's music on, and it's a song that, did you write this? or I did, yeah. yeah. And do you want to give it a little background? Oh, sure. It's called A Vermont Christmas Waltz, and it has kind of a funny, quick little story. Uh, Years ago, pre-pandemic, I was at a Ricky Skaggs concert up in the Northeast Kingdom, and it was amazing, incredible. Um, The Amos uh, duo, uh, Bob and Sarah Amos, local stars, opened for him. It was just, it was gorgeous. And he put out a query to the audience. He's like, hey, in his, like, lovely southern drawl, he's like, you know, do you all have a Vermont Waltz? And some people in the audience were like, oh. 
little sort, you know, raising their hands, mutterings. And then he said, I'm going to pose a challenge, Vermont. He's like, next time I come back and play your state, someone better have written a a waltz. And I, it's sort of like, I filed that away. I'm like, I'm not really a songwriter. I've, you know, dabbled a tiny bit in my lifetime, but that's definitely not what I do. And I was like, well, and then that later that fall and as winter and December started to approach, I started to put something together and I just kind of would drive and lyrics came to me first and then a melody came second and put it together and I kind of tested it out uh, that I guess that winter would have been the winter of 2019 and then a year later uh, in 2020 I actually did record it and also made a music video out of it Michael Fisher wonderful Vermont filmmaker um, shot shot the film for me with Ashton Heroin as his right-hand man and that was amazing and uh, Mary Rowell famous famous New York and Vermont musician of the Craftsbury Chamber Players and of Radio City Music Hall um, also wonderful sister to my partner Dave uh, she recorded that for us and I'll get back to that in a bit because she's going to record a song for John and I to do as a duet uh, also right before Christmas this year. But yeah, in 2020, released a single uh, and the video as well. Nice. So we're going to hear a little bit of Taryn's song. A lamp lit porch, new fallen snow, another Christmas here. Beautiful. Well, I have to admit, uh, I'm sure many songwriter friends of yours, our dear John included, would I'm sure say that you really write from what you know. And that was definitely inspired by family, friends, loved ones, and my relationship to my church and the people there. Honestly, it was really came from all of those real people. So uh, my producer through the glass is Pete Cormier, and uh, we're talking with uh, Taryn Noel. And I'm going to go... my name is Brad, and I'm a Hallmark aholic. Uh, and I don't know if either of you want to join into that discussion, but I do love Hallmark movies. Well, I feel the same, and Pete, I, I sort of got a sneaking suspicion. Oh uh, yeah, on that too. <laughs> I do. I blame my grandmother for that one. Uh, before, I never really watched Hallmark movies growing up, and then my grandmother moved into my parents' house, and every Christmas or July, we'd sit down and watch Hallmark movies together. And it's one of those things where I'm a I'm a fan of old fashioned movies. So when you sit down to a, a Hallmark movie, it feels like an old fashioned movie and it gives you hope it gives you 
those tingly feelings in your stomach when they kiss at the end of the movie, even though you know it's going to happen. There's going to be a fight. Someone's going to lose a dog, but then they'll come back together (laughs) after they fight, and it's a good time. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, I feel the same. I I love them, and I think, as you both said, I think they they give you a little sense of hope that, especially if you're feeling like you need a little more of that. Um, And I think a lot of them do have an element of of spirituality, if not, you know, a faith tie-in. And um, yeah, I just think you feel good, and especially fall. Um, I, I. I love to watch like the Halloween, like fall f- harvest pumpkin, uh, <laughs> pumpkin patch library, fall festival, saving the library or saving, saving the town hall or saving a business. And then the Thanksgiving ones and Christmas, I, I feel like I definitely watch them more between like October and December, but um, it feels like a good time of the year to absorb that. Well, you're, the song you wrote is so beautiful. So, and then your name, Taryn Noel. I mean, you, you are a Hallmark movie in the making for sure. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Uh, well, you're very, very kind. Uh, I do, I think I shared with you earlier that like one of my greatest dreams in life is to find a way to somehow write a Vermont Christmas uh, screenplay, even though screen, screenwriting is not in my skill set, but I'm willing to learn. <laughs> yeah. So with it, with the, um, the work you do with the kids, there, there are so many, so many, um, oh, social issues and problems going on. Can, are you able to draw them away from that and, and get their focus or is that a challenge in of itself? That's a great question. I think, um, as probably all of us in in the world can attest to and relate to is that you know some days are easier than others some days are better than others at at being successful at just that um you know a, a lovely uh actress and mentor of mine Kathy Manfrey of New Hampshire that I actually did get to do our town with at uh the beloved Lost Nation Theater in Montpelier about 10 years ago this is a, she's a wonderful professional actress and she said this kind of is a, a joke but also partially seriously like you're only as good as your last successful rehearsal <laughs> mm. <laughs> or you're only as good as your last successful performance and i it's sort of interesting but i think that there's a lot of weight to that that like at my work with kids you know if we have a great rehearsal and kids are learning and they're they're getting that escapism and they're getting that moment of joy and that kind of hub of safety and security and if that goes really well there's not necessarily a guarantee that the next rehearsal is always going to go as smoothly and there's many factors as to how that can contribute but it definitely keeps me on my game and it keeps me striving to always give them more and create more of that safe haven i view it as view it as a haven and i think a lot of great actors that i have learned from i'm inspired by and continue to work with feel the same there's a communion um, that goes on in the rehearsal process that, that that's that you're I think at least striving for this sense of like we've got each other's backs and it's safe here and you can express yourself and you can take risks as an actor and a performer and you're going to do it in a place that is um, going to uphold you and uh, care for you so that's always my goal and um, if I have a rehearsal that doesn't go great, it's always like, okay, how can I dig in deeper and how can I be more prepared and how can I bring more to the table to raise them up even more next time? 
And you talked about a very large group of kids. Are you solo on this? No, I have an amazing team. Um, again, I mentioned John DiRienzo is such a staple of the Stowe Community Church, as is his wonderful wife, Christine DiRienzo. She's our board president right now of the church as well. I have an amazing vocal coach and musical director named Jessica De La Peppa Clayton. Um, she's of the, the of the town of Barrie with her family. Her children are acting in the show as well, and they're amazing. Um, and we have a, a very Vermont a famous piano player named Daniel Bruce, who is known for incredible um, conducting and, and work as a piano he, pianist. He's also an amazing singer and musical director. He's coming in to play Vince Guaraldi himself. He's going to play the score for the performances for the kids on the beautiful Steinway at the Stoke Community Church for the run of the show. Um, my my own mother, as is true in, in many church productions, she's an amazing event planner, Nancy Jeffries Dwyer. She's taking the helm on producing the show and organizing costumes. We have Denise Wentz, who's a wonderful woman in Stowe, also working on costumes. Heather Stowe of Waterbury Center is down the road. So the team is is very large. Also in-house, our pastor, again, Pastor Dan Haug. His own son is playing Charlie Brown, and his other son is playing Schroeder. So there's a lot of, lot of great stock talent right there. And our church administrative um, assistant, Mary Lou Durrett, is hugely um, important in, in helping us make all this happen. So it's a very large team. We're talking with Taryn Noel. Uh, Taryn is a stage director, choreographer, actor, vocalist. We don't know about the cooking part now. It seems a, there's a little mystery to that. Um, so the, the Charlie Brown Christmas at um, – is that running for a few nights in December? Or? Yeah, it'll be the first weekend of December, December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, 7 p.m. on Friday and Saturday, the 1st and 2nd, and then a 1 p.m. closing matinee on December 3rd. It's also going to tie in with the traditional um, Christmas weekend in Stowe as a part of Stowe Vibrancy. So it's a lot of a lot of fun holiday things going on that first weekend in December. And are tickets available for that? Can people... There, yeah, you can visit the church website, um, Stowe Church, uh, org. excuse me, and um, they're being sold through Eventbrite, so tickets can be bought in advance, but there will also be tickets available at the door. Okay, and uh, how many people can you fit in the church for something the like church, that? The um, church will seat 300. Oh, wow. That would be a very, very packed house, but um, we have a capacity up to 300. Yeah, well, given the uh, the weekend and um, how great a play it will be. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. Should be a packed house. For sure. So speaking of events, uh, this Saturday you've got a big event coming up um, with John Gailmore, and uh, it's it's your quartet. So It is, yeah. I have uh, idolized and hero-worshipped John for a really long time. I know he doesn't like when I say that, but <laughs> it's true, Brad. Um, grew up listening to him play at you know, my school and just being such a fan of his incredible gregariousness, his warmth, his warmest person. Oh my gosh, as a performer, just so engaging and full of love. And that is so clear. Even if you look at his uh, newly beautiful updated website, I mean, it's just a thing of beauty, this gorgeous fall picture and just musician, artist, optimist, teacher. I mean, he's just this, he's all of those things and such a gorgeous singer, huge vocal range, amazing guitar player. And you know, incredible originals. So I reached out to him um, a couple of years ago and just put a little bug in his ear and said, you know, if you're ever interested in collaborating, I would love to work with you. And no, 
no reason of, of here or there, like what it needed to be. I just put it out there as a blanket, you know, wish. And finally, um, it was the right time. And he was like, yeah, let's collaborate. So we got to do a big concert in May at the gorgeous Highland Center for the Arts in Greensboro. Did an, another show in uh, in Greensboro uh, also in August and um, had the chance to do this. And then we'll play a set together as a part of First Night North in St. John's Ferry on New Year's Eve with the wonderful Dave Rowell um, with us. We'll do a small trio that night and John will have his own set and Dave will have his own Radio Rangers uh, two sets as well that night. But yeah, we're really excited for this Saturday. So, um, and there's a fourth, Don Schrabner. The amazing Dono, Don, but a lot of us call him Dono Schrabner of Morrisville, Vermont. He is an amazing guitarist and also incredible vocalist and has been a dear friend of mine for about uh, 15 years now. And um, he plays with many combos uh, throughout the state, um, but any, any genre and any style, I mean, he's just a master. Um, I've known him predominantly doing gypsy jazz, um, sort of great American songbook and, uh, Django Reinhardt, you know, inspired, um, flavors of tunes, but, um, he can play it all. He can play country, folk, Americana, musical theater. <laughs> and John Gilmore too. When during COVID every day he oh was, gosh. um, doing a different song oh, yeah. live. He, he made a video every single day and beyond. I, he would quote you the exact number. I think it was more than 365. I feel like it was 400 and something and a different outfit every day, different yeah. location every day. Yeah. Endlessly creative. Just, Inside, outside. Oh my gosh. In his car sometimes. I mean, incredible. Yeah. Just to, just to get the music out there and to share and connect with people, which he is a massive start at. I'm sure we, we all know that, but, um, yeah, just amazing. Definitely cathartic, um, for him and, and for yeah. us. Yeah, for sure. So quartet, what's that? What's the difference between a band, a group, a quartet? How, how did you become a quartet? Oh my gosh. You know what? That's a really good question. I don't know if I have a great answer for that. I think, uh, Dave Rowell was like, Oh, you should just call yourselves the John Gilmore Terre Noel Quartet. And he's like, I think that will, I'm like, all right, Dave. Well, uh, so we just, it's just sort of, kind of serendipitously uh, became that name. But um, yeah, you know, I've just wanted to work with John for so long. And um, the nice thing is, is that Dave in his beautiful singing gets to sing some solos on some tunes too. And um, Don is a, a tremendous harmonic singer. So he'll sing harmony on a bunch of things. And one thing that I think is really kind of a fun for all four of us, if I can speak for the other three, is that um, we don't sit in one style or genre for too long. It's We're covering the waterfront as much as we can, and that alone is just keeps it really fun and really interesting. So we're doing musical theater, we're doing Great American Songbook, we're doing John's Originals, some Motown, some folk, some Americana, some country, so... Um, and that feels like a real joy, just to be able to change it up. Well, so, I saw that. You've got... Um the hot sardines, Surrey with a fringe on top, Everly Brothers, yeah. uh, Callum Scott. I mean, yeah, man, I know it's a broad range for sure. Is it can is it difficult to go, you know, to different? You know, not with those three. Yeah. They are so adept and, you know, I feel like they can change feel at the drop of a hat, which is so brilliant. I can't I can't play an instrument very well. I like to pretend I play piano, but 
I'm quite terrible. <laughs> My next life, I want to come back as a jazz piano player, though. My dad was uh, played clarinet and um, saxophone in Vermont Symphony back in the day when I was oh, just wow. volunteer, but also would would do the spoons. Oh. And, and really, spoons is a talented thing. Oh my gosh, totally, totally. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I, I aspire to that too, and I got a long way to go. But so we'll say quartet just sort of um, ups the classiness. Uh, <laughs> band, you know, the you know barroom band. No, you're yeah. a quartet. Oh. Yes. yes. Noel, Taryn Noel from Toronto Quartet. I mean, it's just got this. Oh, that's funny. And Hall, and then potentially Hallmark down the road. And Hallmark down the road. Maybe it all winds up in in the same movie. So, how can they people join you this Saturday for um, the concert at the Stowe Community Church? Oh, great! Thank you so much, Brad. Well, doors will open at six thirty p.m. and we'll have some fall refreshments, of course, in true Hallmark style. There for you, cider and donuts and the like. And um, tickets are twenty dollars at the door, and it's going to be one um, long straight set, no intermission. So probably a seventy-five minute show, and still so can get out and do something else with it. go go watch a Hallmark movie with the rest of your evening. <laughs> And are there advanced ticket sales there or are, first there, come, yeah, first serve? Exactly. There's no website for this. It's just right at the yeah. door and first come, first serve. And I uh, can't wait to share the music and the evening with, with anyone that um, can come join us. It sounds very exciting. And the acoustics in the church, do you like them? I love them. They're beautiful. We just had a lovely evening worship service there last night um, to celebrate All Saints Sunday. And, um, yeah, the the acoustics in there are, are endlessly inspiring and beautiful. We had a flautist and an incredible jazz saxophone player as the guests, and just hearing them unmiked, stunning, just absolutely beautiful. So um, we will have a PA system, but in, in the case of John and the boys, they probably don't even need one because they, they just um, have so much range and power and uh, but yeah the acoustics are are tremendous in there yeah i kind of think of john a a little bit honky-tonk he's got that guttural honky-tonk voice sometimes yeah if he wants to and again you're right his range is just so major he was sharing that he's singing in the montpelier gospel choir now and he's singing bass but he has high notes to burn as well so and so does dave they both have huge vocal ranges as well as don yeah I, i just live pretty much in the middle. Well, your <laughs> voice is, is so beautiful. Of your, um, we only have about a minute left, but what, what's what's your soul? Is it dancing? Is it singing? Is it acting? I think um, it's a combination of continuing to learn and grow as a director, teaching artist, sharing with children, it's really coming from a place of love. Um, that's I kind of just want to embrace them in a big hug most of the time and say, oh, let's stop rehearsing. Let's just let's have a group hug. No, I mean, I'm only partially kidding. But I, I think sharing um, performance for me as a uh, in the musical theater realm, acting, singing, dancing, and sometimes getting to do a straight play and then also combine with um, getting to teach and learn and grow. That's If you can combine all that into one hat, that, I'd love to keep doing that. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I've uh, been talking this morning with Tara Noel. Great concert this Saturday at the Stowe Community Church. Uh, it starts, get tickets at the door, 6.30. The show's at 7. One beautiful long set, and then you joyously go home, turn on a Hallmark movie, and <laughs> the rest of the year is going to be just great for you. Maybe a kiss is involved. Who yeah, knows? Right. So thank you so much for being my guest this morning. Thank you, Brad. It's been a joy and a pleasure. Thank you, Pete, as well. 
This is Brad Furlan, Vermont Viewpoint. Be back uh, with Elliot Greenblatt after this.